at worship, I'd just like for you to close your eyes for a second. And I just want you to envision that, that grave that Jesus was in. And the stone is rolled in front of the grave. And Jesus' body is there. And remember, you're, you're buried with him, so your body is there as well. And, and that's a dark tomb. It's a tomb without hope. It's a tomb that's inky black inside. And then the stone gets rolled away in the presence of an earthquake. And Jesus gets up, walks out of the grave, and you get up, and you walk out of the grave as well. And now you walk in newness of life. And the song we just sang about being a citizen of heaven means that you have the privilege of walking in newness of life all the time, 24-7. We get the opportunity of, of learning what it means to walk in that citizenship power. It's ours by right because we were co-crucified, co-buried, and co-raised with Jesus. Lord, we love you. Love you that we walked out of that grave with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Hey, I want to, uh, again, welcome you to Grace. Um, and we're uh, in, still in our series in the book of Proverbs, uh, which we've entitled Live It Out, the Proverbs as a Catalyst for Personal Discipleship. We've talked a lot about a lot of different topics in our series so far. One of the topics we have not covered is the topic of poverty. We want to talk about that this morning. I want to mention one thing to you that has been really important to me um, over the years, and that is the, we, the years we've gone to Cuba. Um, one of the things that... that kind of blows me away is that our partners in Cuba have eclipsed us in so many ways. And we, we have this experience in, in Cuba of giving our partners what we think is just a little, and, and they take it and they extend it and they do amazing things with it. And so over the past 15 years, what, what I've developed a conviction about is that we are learners of our partners in Cuba. And a lot of our heart for ministry in the city of Bartlesville has really come because of what we've observed taking place in Cuba. And uh, I think it's important for us to learn from leaders in the majority world. I use that word quite a bit. You know, the majority world is everything outside the U.S. and Europe. That's the majority world. And God is raising up some phenomenal leaders in the majority world. And we would do well to listen to those leaders. We have one of those leaders here with us today. Uh, and he's going to speak to us in, in, just, in just a moment. But he's going to talk to us about reaching and meeting the needs of the poor in his country. And I think we'll be inspired to think more creatively about reaching the needs of the poor within our city. So let me, let me read to you some of these proverbs that have been on my heart. And then we'll bring um, Pastor Alfred uh, up to us and speak to us. Proverbs 13.23, the fallow ground of the poor would yield much fruit, but it is swept away through injustice. That's a common experience of people who are poor. Injustices are committed against them. They could do well, but there's injustice. Proverbs 19 verse 4, wealth brings many new friends. Everybody wants to be the friend of somebody who's wealthy, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. All a poor man has, Proverbs 19, verse 7, all a poor, man ha a poor man's brothers hate him. 
how much more do his friends go far from him? He pursues them with words, but does not have them. Talks about the loneliness of poverty. Proverbs 10:15. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. That's where his security lies. But the poverty of the poor is their ruin. What, what a poignant proverb about the ruin, the ruinous nature of poverty. Proverbs 14:31. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker. You oppress somebody in poverty, it's like you're, you're insulting God. But he was generous to the needy, honors the God of the universe. Powerful proverb. Proverbs 14, 21. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Proverbs 22, verse 9. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. Talking about the blessing of giving to those who are in poverty. Proverbs 19, verse 17. Whoever is generous with the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Think about the idea of, okay, God, I'm going to lend something to you. I know you're going to pay me back, but I'm going to lend something to you. I'm going to give to a friend of mine who's impoverished. Uh, Proverbs 29, 14. If a king faithfully judges the poor, his throne will be established forever. Leaders who lead well by having a heart for the poor um, are going to have their leadership established. Proverbs 21, 13. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. What a verse on prayer. You know, if I want my prayers to be answered, I better have a heart that listens to the cry of the poor. Proverbs 28, 27. Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. Proverbs 22, 16. Whoever represses the poor to increase his own wealth or gives to the rich will only come to poverty. And to my thinking, the most powerful is this one because it uses the word redeemer in there, and in many of the versions, it's capitalized. And when we think about this verse, we think automatically about this being maybe a, a preview of our Redeemer, the Messiah, Christ. Proverbs 23, 10, and 11. Do not move an ancient landmark or enter the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is strong, and he will plead their cause against you. Well, um, Dr. Alfred Kalimbo um, is going to speak about how a lot of this works in Zambia. Alfred grew up in an animistic village in Zambia. He was converted through the influence of Wesleyan missionaries in Choma Secondary School, and how he got there is a fascinating story that you'll hear in a moment. He graduated with his MDiv from Asbury Theological Seminary in 2002 and completed his doctorate in 2009. He's currently the National Superintendent of the Pilgrim Wesleyan Church in Zambia, and he's the President of the National Council of Churches in Zambia. I had the opportunity this morning of reading through the strategic plan that they have to reach uh, his region of Africa, and it is a really cool plan that he has to reach, to reach there. And um, again, we want to hear what majority leader leaders, majority world leaders are doing so that we can be more creative in our world with reaching our city 
as well as reaching the world as well. Before he comes up, I'll tell you one more thing. I, I didn't meet him until, until recently, but, but we've sent two teams down to work with his work down in Zambia. And uh, it's been interesting to see a couple of people in here, the connections that they have had with the work that he's done in Zambia. So let's give him a big welcome as he comes up. Well, we want to say thank you to Pastor Rod for opening, sharing your pulpit. You may agree with me that some pastors are very protective of their pulpits, <laughs> and, but you have been so gracious. I want to say thank you so much. Thank you, church, for welcoming us. I want to introduce to you my wife, Mumbe. And uh, my administrative assistant, Sandra. <laughs> we are all very thrilled today to be here, and uh, you're being very intentional in uh, allowing uh, God to speak to you and helping you to understand uh, the, uh, this subject of poverty from another angle. Surely, we are very grateful. Uh, we are thankful for making it possible for us to be, to be here. We are grateful for the medios on behalf of the Magnos for making it possible uh, financially to transport us from Africa to here and uh, making it possible for us to, to travel around this, uh, this great country. It's wonderful for us to meet God's people. It's wonderful to share with God's people. It's wonderful to understand how God is working among you. But today, our focus is giving to the people, uh, giving to the poor. And the scripture that I want to focus on is Proverbs 28, verse 27. Uh, this is the scripture that uh, I would like to encourage you with. Um, and it's read, those who give to the poor will lack nothing. But those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. And my sharing with you is more of giving to the poor. The word giving means that you allow something from you to go to another person for their benefit. The concept of giving helps us to be more like God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. His only son. So the concept of giving really helps us to be more like our heavenly father. The concept of giving allows us to see that uh, what I have, another person can benefit from what I have. 
But I also want to describe poverty uh, because the word poor may be relative. Someone might say, well, I'm poor because I have one car. I need a two. Someone might say, well, I am poor because uh, I don't have a bigger house. I have a small one. But let me just give you a, an understanding of poverty, where we come from. You know, when I was doing seminary in, uh, in Asbury, one of the churches that supported us at uh, Asbury is Christ United Methodist Church in Memphis. And so I had this idea of helping them understanding what poverty is. And so when we went back to Zambia, we realized that, you know, high school seniors in this country, because of your level of education, can come to Zambia and teach in our high school. They are fellow uh, high school students because they are ahead of them. And so we made the arrangement that when it closed in May, they came to Zambia. We had 10 of high school uh, students. We had one chaperone to guide them. And we said, this is a mission team for high school students. And so they taught subjects like mathematics, physics, I mean, sciences, and uh, English, uh, those that he, they could do, prepare here, and then they would come, come and teach. But then on a Saturday, they taught, they arrived on a Tuesday, they taught on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Saturday, we took them to the village. We said, you are going to have a village experience. And face poverty eye to eye and face to face uh, as we see it. And so we took these young people, got them to the village where Mumbe grew up, and we had no agenda. All we brought, we brought all the villagers, we sat, and then we said, you interact. And uh, so the young Americans would ask, say, ask any question to the Zambians. And they would raise their hand and say, okay, can you give us, what is your question? So he would say, in Zambia, what toys do parents buy their children? And so we said, well, that answer could be answered by another young person. So we asked one young person, says, here, if you need a toy, you make it. Your parents can't afford to buy you a toy. If you need a toy, make it. <laughs> and, then, um, and then one of the Americans asked, well, no, the Zambian asked an American kid. They said, I want to ask you a question. So, oh, it's your turn. Ask. Says, how far does your mom walk to get water? <laughs> and the American child said, oh, well, my mom doesn't walk anywhere. She gets water in the house. And uh, we had such a great uh, um, time. So we took the young people to the stream where people get water. And they saw animals drinking this side and people were getting water. And the, the, these American young high schoolers were saying, are they drinking this water? And said, they have no other choice. They have no other option. Well, that experience 
uh, helped the young women, I mean the young Americans, as we drove back to Choma, the city, some of them, they, uh, when they saw how the young people were dressed, they literally took off their shirts and dropped to them and said, can you, you can have that one, I have another one in Choma, I'll have my shirt in Choma. It was so powerful. And then at school, they were able to see how the, 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 the students lived in a boarding school. Uh, the kids saw that there was no safe water in the village. And those young people said, we are going to raise money to drill a well in that village. And those high school students, when they got back to the States, they raised money. And in that village now, people have safe water. So this is an understanding of you know, giving to the, to, the, to, the, to the poor. Well, the other thing that helped understand for that young man to understand, one of them told his dad, he said, Dad, from now onwards, you are not going to hire anyone to mow grass. I'm going to do it. And the father said, why? You have always refused. He says, in Africa, I saw young people cut grass like this. You know. <laughs> but here, I have to ride a mower. So it's much easier. <laughs> Giving to the poor. Sure, one way we can give to the poor is going to where they are and preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, is a church in a village in Zambia. Our first meeting One way we can give to the poor is truly preaching Christ to them. Go to their villages, go to their churches in the village, and preach that Jesus loves them. Let them receive the love of God where they are. So preaching Christ is so much needed because Christ is able to transform people where they are. So I encourage you, continue to pray for us that we may preach Christ and Christ crucified because he is able to transform people no matter where they are. Commitment to preaching Christ is needed in our, in our time. Another area that we can share and empower the poor, is giving them food. People in our place, most of them only have one meal a day. And they thank God that they have a meal a day. But there are times that uh, some don't even have food. And through partnership with uh, our Christians in this country, and in particularly the Medu family, we allow them to know that we people here are starving. Children are going to bed without food. And so they were able to partner with the, the organization called Kids Against Hunger. And they shipped food to Zambia. And we were able to take it 
to that church that you saw, and those children attended that church. And we were able to say, Christ loves you. And they truly understood that now their tummies were full because Christ loves them. So providing food to the hungry is one way we can give to the poor. And when we are giving, we are giving the love of God. The other one is one way we can also encourage and give help to the poor is giving them our time. Time is so precious. And many times we can say, well, I have no time. I can't be on, go on a mission field. But I want to tell you that uh, when you come to the mission field, you will eat the way people eat, different from here. So we had Brian and his brother Corey, and we took them to the village. So we sat and we ate the way people eat in the village. They use hands. They have no silverware. And the missionaries were able to eat the way people were eating. So when you give people your time, when you are able to uh, move out of comfort zone and go to where people are and be with them, then you are communicating to them that uh, they are precious. They are important before God. And then they begin to see Christ in you. This is what we call the ministry of presence. And some of you say, well, you know, I haven't done anything. But when you just go to the mission field, when we go to any place and give them your time, people begin to see that God is uh, with them and he loves them. We also reach out to young people. Young people in Zambia are in great, great, great need. But we are so grateful that uh, this church, Grace Community Church, was able to send a team to Zambia. And now every Christmas, a week before Christmas, when school is out, we have a, a youth convention, which attracts about a thousand young people. They come in different with different modes of transport. Some walk, some come on bicycles, some come on buses, uh, but they all come to hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are so grateful that uh, you were able to send a team last, uh, last year. And during that time, one of the things that we do is that we have a, what we call talent show, where different young people show their talent. And... Uh, Jake was one of the judges for the talent show. And I'm sure he is, uh, is very, very happy to, to be able to see and to participate. And this is one way really that you, you, have, you as a church have helped us to give to the poor, the young people of Zambia, the love of God to them. Where we come from, again, women are very vulnerable. Not many women are educated. 
and they need to be helped. They are very poor. But these women are saying, please don't give us handouts, but we need hands up. And with the support of our partners, we have a garden project where we grow vegetables. And these women come, buy these vegetables, put them on their heads. They go and sell those vegetables. And from that project, these women are able to feed their children. They are able to send their children to school. That is empowering. But you know, we are challenged sometimes. We have over 150 women coming. And we have to tell some of them, we don't have enough vegetables. And our desire is to expand that project so that these women are able to continue to grow economically. The Lord has been very gracious to us. As we continue to show and give to the poor. Giving them opportunity to grow economically. Specifically now, let me share with you about areas that uh, will continue to give more power, more opportunity for the, for, the, for, the, for the children in Zambia. The first area that we really need to see as a way of uh, empowering young people is education. Now, let me just help you understand that in Zambia, education is not a right. It is a privilege. In most villages, there are no schools. When I was growing up, in my village, there was no school. There was no clinic. The closest school was four hours walk. And that's where you could find a school. And that school was kind of a semi-boarding. When you got there on Monday, you stayed there up to Friday. But we basically had one meal. So a lot of people, my siblings, dad had three wives. And out of three wives, he had five children. I'm the first child. Four of my siblings were disheartened. They said it's too far to walk to that place. But somehow for me, I had so much drive and so much desire to go to school. I didn't see it as a problem. Walking four hours every Monday morning and getting to that school and stay up to Friday and walking back, there was no problem. And uh, I used to encourage people, I say, don't feel sorry for me. I'm doing the right thing. And I like it. So when I was accepted to go to secondary school, there was no secondary school nearby my village. I had to walk six hours to go to a place where I could get on a bus and then get to Choma Secondary School. A secondary school that was built by missionaries who had a desire to reach young Zambians with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ through education. And that's where I found Christ. And it was, I was 15 
when I first wore a pair of shoes. So when we give young people education, that is a great, great help and a great joy that our young people will be able to get the education. But you see, we don't only get up to secondary school education. We need to provide college education. Now, I've already told you that in the poor society, how do you get college education? I, when I finished high school, I had, a, I had a deep desire, and I knew God called me to preach the gospel. But I had no one. I didn't have money to go to college. Missionaries who were there put their resources together and sent me to Kenya. My first year was well pay paid for. But something I didn't understand, my second year, there was no support for me. And I began to ask myself, is it worth it all? The accounts officer, every time I met her, she would say, Alfred, your account is in red. We'll soon send you back home. I began to pray. I said, Lord, how could you send me from Zambia to here and fail to support, provide support for me? I went on a prayer and fasting for four days. So, it came to, it was so bad that whenever I met the accounts officer, if I, saw, if I saw her first, she never saw me. I turned. I made a quick turn. So one time there was a prayer chapel. I was coming from a prayer chapel. And I met her. And there was, I couldn't turn anywhere. I was, uh, I said, what do I do now? And then she says, Alfred, I have good news for you. I said, what's the good news? He said, well, we just received a letter from Battle Creek First Wesleyan Church in Michigan. They have sent a check for your second year. And they have indicated that if you want to go home for Christmas, they will make it possible. And they will support you until you graduate. Wow. I had never met these people. A missionary had just mentioned to them about me. That I had answered God's call. And that I needed to be trained. Battle Creek Church provided. I, I said, I'm glad. I told the, the accounts officer, I'm so happy to meet you today.
we need to give scholarship for leaders, for young people in Zambia, in order for them to realize their full potential. And because I was helped, I was able to finish my college, and I didn't meet that church, I didn't go to that church until two years ago. It was 35 years before I went to meet that church. And I was privileged to find the pastor who was a pastor then. He, of course, he has retired. Pastor Zoo. Scholarship is needed. A lot of our young people are very brilliant. They are very smart. But they lack someone to give them the opportunity to get a college education. Basically in Zambia, I would like to share with you that there are three levels of uh, um, sponsorship that you can give. The first one is a elementary school, which is a three, it's a $333 a year. It will provide uh, education for uh, elementary education. Secondary school, secondary school because it's a boarding. People, young people go to boarding in secondary school from eighth grade to twelfth grade. Then uh, that one requires only seven hundred dollars a year. You'll be able to provide. And then for college, uh, the average for tuition, room, and board is two thousand a year. And so, the challenge is that. Uh, our people are not able to get education. But Mumbe, myself, and Sandra, we are here because someone supported us. And every day we are faced with requests, young people. As we go to villages, we meet young people, we meet children. And as we go from place to place, we are faced with this need. God is at work. God is at work in Zambia. And we are excited to share, to share with you that uh, the missionaries that came to Zambia planted one church. Today, there are over 383 local Wesleyan churches. God has blessed the work of our missionaries. We no longer have, we only have maybe four missionaries now, but all the work is being carried by our people. I've shared with you that I've been greatly blessed because I was given the education and I'm supported. In 2004, 14, the president of Zambia died. When he died, I was in Mozambique uh, training leaders there. The church leaders in Zambia gathered together and said, who is going to preach at the funeral of our late president? And the leaders in Zambia unanimously voted that I should be the one to preach. My secretary from the Council of Churches called me while I was in, uh, in, 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 in Mozambique and said, Bishop Kalembo, you are in. Preaching at the funeral of the president of our, uh, of our president. That day, the whole country was at one place. Others listening. 
and I, my eyes scanned the thousands of people on parliament grounds. Hundreds of thousands more were watching the broadcast live on our national television. Larger screens were placed in cities throughout the nation for public viewing of the funeral of our president, Michael Sutter. I took one last deep breath and walked to the microphone knowing that uh, this is a life, once in life experience where I am preaching to the entire nation to preach to the president's funeral, to proclaim the hope of the gospel to my grieving nation. Numerous African leaders and state, heads of state and other international diplomats, governments, officials, members of parliament, cabinet ministers, and our first Zambian president, Kenneth Kaunda, were in attendance. As a boy, I never dreamed that one day I would be given an opportunity to lift Christ to the entire nation. But this became possible because as a poor boy, a boy who never wore shoes until I was 15, a boy who came from a village that was not promising anything. I was given the gospel. I was given the education. I was supported. And today we are continuing to do that as God's people. As I conclude, I want to, you to imagine with me Can you imagine if we had a university in Zambia? Right now, we only have secondary schools. A university that would offer liberal arts programs. A university that is going to produce leaders in our nation. Can you imagine if Christian businessmen and women would come to Africa and invest and partner with our local business people so that they can take advantage of the natural resources that uh, we have in Africa? It has been noted that Africa has abundant natural resources but her people are poor because we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the systems. Can you imagine what would happen if the Wesleyan Church was able to build a modern headquarters that would do, from that headquarters we would go to all parts of the Africa and even the world. 
we have an opportunity to take the gospel to all parts of the world. But we are here to say thank you. And if he, you are here and saying, I think God can use me in one or another to give to the poor in terms of giving the gospel, giving education, giving health services, giving safe water, giving knowledge about business opportunities. We will be able to discuss with you. We have our contact uh, in the foyer. But as, as a team, we are incredibly grateful to you, Pastor Rod, for giving us this opportunity to share with your wonderful people how they, in partnership with us, can give to the poor. Let us pray. Our Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are grateful that you are a God who is a giving God. You love the world so much that you gave your son. And you have called us as your people to give to the poor. Help us to understand that we may not have to leave this country and yet have a world impact through our prayers, through our sending those that will be willing to go. I pray for this church that you will bless them. Continue to bless them because they have positioned themselves to give what they have to the poor. And therefore, let the smiling hand of God, smiling face of God, the gracious hand of God, Continue to be at this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. My name is Dale Willis. I'm the associate pastor here at Grace. I have just a few announcements before Rod closes us in prayer. First of all, thanks to you guys, our rollout last week of our new Connect card, which is in your updates today, was a huge success. Thank you for that. We received 200 cards filled out. The cool thing about that was 75 of those were prayer requests. We are so appreciative as a staff to be able to pray over your needs and over your families, and we ask that you continue to share those with us. That's one of the purposes of this card. Also, it is our tool to connect to newcomers, to visitors. If you're here today for the first time or you haven't filled one of these out, please do that for us today and put it in the boxes as you leave this morning. If you were here last week and did fill out a card, we ask that you continue to share information with us. Use these for prayer requests. Use these for any sort of connection or questions that you might have for us as a staff. Thank you for that. Um, there will be a new class for women of all ages starting next Sunday at 915 in room C7. This class is called Prayer and Encouragement for Today's Woman and will be led by Brittany Pedraza and Cindy McElvain. This is a six-week class and is designed to unite the women of grace in prayer and community. And we would love to have you guys join us for that. Not you guys, actually. You ladies. 
Small group leader training will be this Thursday at 6 p.m. See Mike for questions or details on this important meeting for those of you who are leading a small group currently or would be interested in doing so. Awana begins September 6th. See Nick if you can help with that. There are also sign-up forms for your children in the atrium. Um, we're excited to get that underway again. Directly after service today, there will be a meeting for the parents of students 6th through 12th grade. Adam and Jordan will lead that, and that will be here in just a few minutes. So 6th through 12th grade, if you have kids in that range, please stay for that meeting. Rod. Well, Alfred, I want to thank you for hosting uh, the two teams that you hosted that we, uh, we sent down there. Um, I know they came back with uh, a lot of great stories and really encouraged by you, uh, really encouraged by the ministry that, bo that both of you have. Really, really grateful for that. And I really appreciate the way that you talked about the importance of sharing the gospel and serving the needs of the poor. Those two go hand in hand. So often people talk about only sharing the gospel or only meeting the needs of the poor. And I really appreciate the balance that you, that you brought to that, that both of those are crucially important. And I thank you for the way you model that in, in Zambia. That's, that's, that's really neat. Um, if you are a teacher uh, in the Bartlesville community, I would like for you to stand public school, private school, home school, or university. If you're a teacher in Bartlesville, just, just stand up so we can pray for you. Um, and so we are grateful for the teachers in our midst, grateful for the work that they do in our city. We just heard you, Alfred, talk about teaching and how important that is. And, you know, we take for granted sometimes what our teachers do. Let's not do that this morning. You guys have started a new semester, and we're really thankful for what you do. Let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for the teachers that are in our midst. Lord, I want to pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. I want to pray, Father, that this semester would be a great semester for them. Father, as we just heard a message on, on how important education is, Father, I pray that they would see their role as a kingdom role, a role that um, is going to encourage people to m turn their hearts toward you, encourage uh, students to turn their thoughts toward what Jesus did. Father, I pray that you would bless these teachers. I pray that this first week would be a great week. Uh, well, actually, not even the second week, first full week. Pray that it would be a great week, and pray, Father, that you would allow them to have a, a tremendous semester. And, Lord, I pray that they would see the eternal worth in the things that they are doing. We thank you, Lord, for their work uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you next week.